If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you. Everybody, uh, so we have a very special guest in this call right now. Mark Cuban is at the forefront of NFTs, uh, everything digital, early adopter of the internet, um, and he's going to be here to answer some questions. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nathan. How are you? Good, good. So, just a, a brief uh, synopsis of you know NFTs for those who don't know, non fungible tokens. Essentially, you're selling digital art, things in the metaverse. Um, Mark, I just wanted to ask, what do you think about the metaverse and the applications of NFTs into the metaverse? Well, metaverse means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, it really depends on who you're talking about. But I think right now the metaverse is as much hype as reality. And most mm -hmm. of the conversations around metaverse applies to real estate in the metaverse. You know, someone's paying X amount of dollars for this place in the metaverse. And to me, that's just craziness. What it comes down to, and look, metaverses have been around for a long time. Second Life goes back decades. And you know, even before that, there were 2D versions going on in Prodigy and, and other um, you know, 90s you know, media um, and platforms. And so like anything, it all comes down to user base. If a metaverse has users and they enjoy being there, then it can start to become a metaverse. Um, if it has a, a lot of users, then maybe it can become something more and that real estate actually may have something. You know, one of my companies is called Fireside Chat um, and they have the ability to do performance um, locations, you know, um, concert halls or, you know, any place where somebody can perform and put them in a metaverse. Now, if you think about that, having an artist you know, play music or someone do a TED talk, whatever it may be, that all sounds really, really good, but it comes down to, can you get the artist to do it in that platform and in that metaverse? How are they going to be compensated? And is there going to be anybody who cares enough? Now, a lot of people look at Fortnite and they say, well, you know, look what's happened with Fortnite. Marshmallow and others have gone on there and um, had just these big followings but they were already playing Fortnite. They were there because it was Fortnite and, and you can call it a metaverse, but it's actually just a gaming environment and every gaming environment can introduce this type of thing. But if you wanna have a standalone metaverse, you've gotta have some utility, you've gotta have some entertainment, you've gotta have enough people there for it to sustain itself. Otherwise, what happens is you just get a hardcore, a small hardcore group of users and they just dominate everything. And it's kinda of like um, the PTA where you always have a couple parents that do all the talking and everybody else doesn't even bother to show up anymore because it's always the same three people who do all the talking. Metaverses are like PTAs. Awesome. I love that explanation. You know, on the topic of monetization, um, a lot of people, Gary V, um, are talking about how NFTs are coming around and are going to help properly compensate uh, creators. So publishing is a big thing, as we talked about earlier. Um, how do you what do you think is the future for publishing books, music for, you know, art for artists? What do you think is the future of that? Is it all going to be NFTs? Well, OK, 
They're all different industries, so you cannot lump them together. Music is dramatically different than textbook publishing, which is dramatically different than um, fiction publishing, which is dramatically different than nonfiction publishing. Um, and so you have to look at the application first. Everything just comes down to applications. So when we look at NFTs right now, 99% of what you see is collectibles. And the other 1% is like what Gary Vee did. It's an entry pass to an event, you know, which to me is great for Gary Vee, but for most people, you still got to have the demand there to create the value. And that actually turns into an obligation because then the people have got to be able to show up at the event. But at the end of the day, all an NFT is, is a digital media file that via smart contracts gets um, memorialized on a blockchain. So then the question becomes, what's the value of smart contracts and what are the things that they can do? And what's the value of being on the blockchain? And so the reality is, particularly as it applies to music, you, music is music. It's already really, really easy to convey via digital file. And that's why streaming works and streaming is overtaking down, um, downloads. But you know, if you're an artist and you wanna sell your music and your art and you have a better platform to sell online than you do through a gallery or streaming, great, go for it. But when it comes to books, books are a different beast. So you've got what Amazon does with digital, but Amazon is kind of a walled garden. They give you these exceptions where you can buy and resell the, um, their files, their books, but it's very, very limited. But, you know, but they'll sell you however you want a consumer book, Amazon will sell it to you. Textbooks, on the other hand, are much, much, much different. And I'm not an expert in this industry in textbook publishing, but the money flows a lot more, a lot differently because, and this is just my impression, so correct me if I'm wrong, um, there's, because of the, uh, what's the right, the perishable aspect of a textbook, meaning once you're done with the class, you really have no use for the book, people in the industry want it to be hardcover because they, A, they want to be able to sell another one, and B, if they know it's digital, then it's too easy for everybody to transfer to other people, so, and they lose all their revenues. So if, if I'm in a class at Indiana University, and it's a business class, and I'm using one of the traditional 101 marketing books, and that's just a digital file that I can just print out on a printer, I'm just gonna send that digital file to my friend when I'm done with this class, or I might just take one digital file, send it to everybody in the class, and no one pays a nickel, and now all of a sudden the publishing, textbook publishing industry is upside down. And so they play all kinds of games, and to try to pick off different pieces, you see all the resale sites online, you see the college um, um, bookstores reselling books, all in an effort to make money, and the publishers kind of know at some point those books wear out, or they just keep on coming up with updates so that the update, you know, we just read, you know, this is version 2.9 and 2.8 is out is, is outdated, and your professor will tell you why, right? And so they play all these games to retain revenue, and so when you look at the underpinning of an NFT, like I said, there's the smart contract and there's the blockchain. What's interesting about NFTs that can be applied to all book publishing, but in particular textbook publishing, is that via smart contracts, there are standards for royalties. Now, what that means is for the first time ever, if a book is sold, if a textbook is sold as an NFT, if I were to resell that to a classmate, 
I, as the public, um, I would not retain 100% of the revenue. Some percentage of that as set by the publisher, a royalty would go back to the publisher and or author every time it's resold. So now all of a sudden, if I do, you know, Mark Cuban's Introduction to Marketing 101 and hardcover is $199, which everybody knows is ridiculous and everybody just points at as being bad and makes every publisher the bad person that they are, right, for charging that much, just trying to keep their, their business in place. Yeah. If that was an NFT, okay, if my, you know, if, if I looked at hardcovers, let's go back to hardcovers. If I looked at a hardcover book that sells, what what's a, a normal textbook sell, you know, like an introduction to marketing, like, over 100 bucks. Yeah, 30 to 100 plus dollars, yeah. 100, 150 dollars, right? And the margin on that is probably 50% to the publisher, 50% to the um, outlet, right? So that's $75 across a lifetime value, if you will, of that book. And how long does a book typically last? How long is it in service before it falls apart? About five years. Five years. So it's $15 a year basically for a $150 book, right? So the question becomes, can I make $75 sooner? Yeah. And the answer is yes. So if I'm to sell that NFT, one, I can sell it directly. I don't need an intermediary. I can just create a marketplace. Two, I can sell it for 150, I can sell it for $99 knowing, or $75, mm -hmm. knowing that that full $75, maybe the marketplace takes 5%. But here's, here's the good news. Every time that book sells, I get to define what the royalty for that resale is. So if I want to set it at 50%, yes, I could. So that every time Nathan sells it to a classmate and Mark buys it, and I give Nathan back the, the $75 that he already spent, well, Nathan's only going to get $37.50. So his net cost was $37.50, which is a whole lot better than what he got in the hardcover world. And it's no hassle, right? No hassle whatsoever. And the publisher and hopefully the author get to share in the other $37.50. So each and every year, they're making $37.50. And the beauty of that is it's all margin. It goes, you don't have to ship the books. You don't have to deal with the retailers. You don't have to deal with the online resellers. Your hassle factor goes, bam all the way down. Now, when I say that, that hassle factor, that hassle, hassle, hassle factor that doesn't change is all the people in management in the C-suites who think that it's just crazy, none of this can work, and they don't want to change anything because this is the way it's always been done. Mm -hmm. But it's going to change. And awesome. you're, you're going to see people, maybe like me, who write a book, who go to a college and get it picked up, and say the only way I'll sell it is via an NFT. And by the way, you're going to save your student. And I'll go to the professor and say, oh, by the way, it's a better book. You're going to save your students money. You're going to increase. It's going to make be a lot easier. You're going to increase the resale value. And just to show you that this is a better business model, I'm going to keep on getting paid. And I can pay you, professor. You know, do they still pay professors for books when they're sold? I don't think so. Okay. Not anymore. Yeah, not, not anymore. anymore. Well, I can even give some money to the professor because my overhead and, and maintenance for doing this is negligible. 
All right. So let's take the scenario of you're an author. You've written a couple of books. You have a kid's book, a business book out there. Let's say Mark Cuban decides to write a brand new nonfiction book. How would you leverage that in today's um, marketplace with NFTs out there? What would you suggest for you or a nonfiction author? How would you launch your book? You do 99% of it the way you always do. But one of the options would be in my contract that I get to sell it from my own website as an NFT download. Okay. Love that. And really quick, um, you know, you're obviously heavily involved um, with companies who are at the forefront of NFT development. Um, you're actually the number one social media source for NFT content. I am. Through, yeah, there you go. Through NFT content um, on at NFT. And um, so my question to you is how do you see projects such as Goat Society CryptoPunks, Board Ape Yacht Club, how do you see them progressing through the f- future? Do you think that our current marketplace for NFTs is a little bit of a fad? Do you think the bubble is going to burst like the real estate market did in 08? Or do you think that this is the new future and, and that we're just going to keep going up? It's just a collectible. It's just a collectible. And supply and demand is undefeated. And so if there's more demand than there is supply for any given one, the price goes up. And if not, it goes down, period, end of story. I look at NFTs as proof of concept. So what I see with Bored Ape, you know, what I see with CryptoPunks, what I see with some others, um, there are two times, right? They're where they convey um, IP and where they don't convey IP. Where they don't convey IP, it's pure collectible. That's it, you know? And lots of people speculate on collectibles like they do art and everything else, and speculation will always be there. And if you look at the baseball card market, it goes up and down, up and down forever. Um, And then there's convey IP, which I think is a smarter way to do it, which allows people to take their board API picture, you know, and not only use it as a profile, but create T-shirts, sell T-shirts, make money that way as well and do whatever they, you know, include it in stories. So I could create a a textbook built around, you know, teach yourself NFTs built around board ape yacht club and use my board ape as the, the, the key character in the story and not get sued into oblivion, right? Knowing that I have those IP rights. I, I think that's the way it works. I, I think they have all IP rights. But in any event, that, so you're gonna see a bifurcation either convey or don't convey. But to me, those are just the collectibles and the collectibles are just proof of concept of what smart contracts can do with digital files. You're gonna see marketplaces for architectural drawings and plans. You're gonna see marketplaces for 3D printer plots. You're going to see marketplaces for textbooks. You're going to see marketplaces for anything that people can invent using smart contracts. You know, and then you'll start ex- extending that using DAOs. You know, um, you're going to extend that using you know different types of blockchains and rollups and validators to do medical claims. All these different applications are going to become prevalent over the next 10 years. Just like the early days of the internet, people used to poo-poo it. I remember, you know, we started this company called AudioNet, which was the first commercial streaming company. And people used to say to me, you know, why do we need this internet stuff? I mean, literally it was a pain in the ass back then to just get audio on the internet. And they would say, I'll just turn on the TV or radio, you moron. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Streaming is going to take off. We called it net netcasting back then. Um, or internet broadcasting. It's going to take off because people want things how they want it, where they want it, when they want it. And I can't get my TV in my office on my office computer. You know, as um, mobile explodes, 
I'm going to be able to get it on a phone. You know, there are just going to be new ways to consume it. There are going to be new applications for smart contracts that change industries. I love yeah, it. Let it yeah, th thanks a lot, Mark. I'm really you excited to see you working with you. See you guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. If you want to write a book and become a best-selling author, you're in the right place. At Elite Online Publishing, we can help you create, publish, and market your book so that it becomes a number one bestseller. We work with a limited number of authors to ensure that they receive the best possible service. So if you want to learn how to write and publish a book that will empower you to smartly grow your brand, business, and credibility, apply today. We look forward to working with you.